remember my first purchase, I was like eight. I went to Bloomingdale's and I had money for my birthday. And I was like, I'm getting a Marc Jacobs like nylon purse and like no one's stopping me and like whatever. It was like so horrendous, but I was like, I am like, gonna work here. What, like I'm gonna be in fashion like, cause it was like, you know, like whatever. I was so into like designing. So I went to Parsons and then I took a weekend class there and it was a design class and we did like sketching and whatever. And you're supposed to go through like the 12 weeks and by the end design a garment. Oh my God, my garment was held together by fabric. It looked like a toga. <laughs> and this fucking girl next to me had designed like literally a runway outfit. And I was just like, like my parents came, my mom like took pictures and I just like wanted to die. And I remember like pulling my professor aside cause he was really cool. And I was like, listen, we both know I'm not talented in this department. So like, what can I do? And he was like, listen, he's like, fashion is not just designing. And like, you have so much more to learn. Like, and he's like, there's a million, it's a business. He's like, there's a thousand things that go into this. And he was like, what do you like to do? And I was like, I like to write. I like to, speak. you know, I was like, I'm very like outgoing. And he was like, you should look into going into PR advertising because he's like, you have the personality for it. He's like, you have, I can, he's like, it's very something I can see you doing from knowing you and talking with you and getting to know you. Welcome to Raw and Real. I'm Megan Casey Loftus. And I'm Samantha Jenkins. Working in the fashion industry can often seem materialistic and shallow. On Raw and Real, we shut down those stereotypes and dive into the discussion surrounding job opportunities, both creative and business within the fashion world. There are so many unknown aspects to the fashion industry and the entrepreneurial world that we will uncover through interviewing fashion industry leaders, serial entrepreneurs, and girls just like us. So Taylor Arnold is on the podcast today. Thank you for joining us. So to start off, the favorite thing that you've learned to cook during quarantine. And Taylor, guys, can cook a lot. Favorite thing to cook, I don't know, it's tough because I was trying to be like really plant-based or like experimenting with plant-based stuff. So I would say probably my eggplant meatballs because those were really good. I just would like try a different version every time. What do you pair it with? Some I would, pasta, like pasta or like veggies, like roasted veggies. They were so, they were so good, plain. Like I would eat like seven of them. They're so How good. do you make eggplant? Yeah, meatballs. I didn't even know you've made. Them. Okay, so you slice an eggplant and then you steam it. I don't know. I'm like really bad with technical terms. So you like put it in a in a pot, like um like a frying pot. I don't even know. <laughs> and you put a little water, a little oil, some salt, some pepper, and you get them mushy. And then you put them in your blender when they get like tender and you blend it up with like I would put pesto some like cheese some like spices and then like blend it up then you add breadcrumbs so it's like you roll them up and you put breadcrumbs on like little balls and it's kind of like that doughy mixture and then you put them on your baking tray and then you bake them I haven't I don't like have, have recipes I just make it up in my head and it's either like really fine or really gross she'll text me being like I just thought of this and did it and then it looks amazing. it honestly like, I never really comes out bad but like sometimes I'm just like mm, this isn't what I wanted also your skincare skincare is just like tough because I've gone through so many products but right now I kind of finally found like the thing and the thing is like the ordinary and it's literally just I do like a La Roche-Posay cleanser or what's the other one Cerave and like a nice, I use a drunk elephant actually, like the makeup wipe off balm, and it's so nice. Um, and then I do, I pat my skin dry. I do hyaluronic acid, the niacinamide, I think, and I do niacinamide in my T zone and hyaluronic on my cheeks. Pat that in, 
sometimes I've been adding in still the Glossier serums, but when I was using those alone, I on it to be completely honest, I did not see any difference from them. Um, I do them now with this and I feel like it's better. And then I do sometimes like a Sunday Rye Lactic Acid afterwards. And then I'll just do like a simple like Cerave cream and it's been working. And then you're also a highlighter queen. Like yeah. if I ever want my skin to look glowy, I will go to Taylor and say, can you just do it to my skin? I started experimenting so with highlighters. She uses so like five different highlighters. It's crazy. Um, I used to, I one time got stopped in the street, like four years ago, being like, what is your skin like? And I was like, oh, my skin shit. I just use a ton of highlighter. And they were like, no, 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 no. Like it's like from within. But I layer so many products. I literally do a cream highlighter. Marc Jacobs actually has a really good highlighter. Really? Um, really good. Um, this other company that I cannot even think of, um, it's like, they're like Soleil, like drops. I do bronzer and gold, then Marc Jacobs glow. I usually actually do start with a Glossier cream stick. Any cream stick though is really good, but if you take your like index finger and rub the swirl and then pat onto your skin, the transfers a lot better. Um, and then you do your cream products and then on top of that, go in with like a nice bronzy highlighter and then on top of that go in with like a gold rose gold um, highlighter and um becca stila that's kind of what i alternate between and those are both really great right before this <laughs> taylor and i were talking about how we want to be minimalist but we are just not nothing no. about us and this is the perfect example <laughs> oh no yeah i use like 80 different products and they're all different and i layer them all at the same time and what's your blush that you use? oh cloud paint but also milk Milk has a really good one too. Like they're little sticks, but mm-hmm. Cloud Paint actually does reign supreme. Is that I the use one Dusk, um, like Cloud Paint and Dusk. I, ha- I love Dusk. I got yeah. all of them. I went on a massive Glossier haul in like March. Your favorite piece in your wardrobe right now? Oh my God, that's really tough. I knew that was going to be a tough question for you. <laughs> oh my God, wait, Han, what do I wear like every day? Actually, I do know what it is. It's like literally this tank dress I got from Enza Costa, but every time I put it on, it's just like so comfy and it was like so overpriced, but it's so soft and. It's just like a nice like lime green tie dye. It's like nice for summer. It's like nice you can dress it up, dress it down. It's kind it's of like a really cute one. It takes yeah. you throughout the day, hugs your body really nicely, and it's just really comfy. In the summer, I like to feel naked at all times, and it yeah. that does it. It's so see through though. For- like you really have to be like naked. Underneath. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot how hot New York is. I truly did. I I mean, I lived here for summers, and then yeah. I came back from quarantine, and I really forgot. So Taylor and I met through Sam through FI they met at FIT and then Taylor worked at Mark Jacobs then Sam worked at Mark Jacobs and then me and Sam met through Mark Jacobs <laughs> and now Taylor and I have become friends so let's go back to FIT days what mm-hmm. did you study I was advertising marketing com Taylor was one of my first friends people Ever. I met at FIT yeah you were and you were having a breakdown I was having a breakdown on your bed mm-hmm I got in a Luna bar on my brand new like pink bedding from Urban Outfitters. And I just was like, did I actually want to come to a fashion school? I just like had that like epiphany. I was like, all my friends were like blacking out at regular schools. And I just was like, I haven't met anyone normal. Mm-hmm. Normal is the wrong term. I haven't met anyone that I've connected with. Everyone's like, where are you already working? And I was like, I don't know if I want to be here. <laughs> yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like, what was that like, the transition from upstate New York into the city at 18 and kind of putting yourself into that type of college yeah. culture? Well, I came down here a lot because I would take the train and be like, I'm coming. And my grandparents lived in Brooklyn. So I knew like the vibes, but I always had never stayed here for like a consecutive amount of time. Um... I think the only thing I noticed is that um, 
it was definitely fast paced, which I loved, but there it was nonstop. And I think I'm a nonstop person and I hate saying no. So I think in the beginning it was hard for me to not ever stop. Like I just wanted to do everything, like anything that was available. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I ended up running myself pretty ragged the first semester. It took me, I think at least a couple years to really find, I think having a healthy lifestyle here. And balance. that took, yeah. it took a long time, actually. And I don't even know if I still have the full I, balance, yeah. but I'm getting there. So you studied advertising and marketing in college. What was your first internship and how did you get it, like that whole process? Oh my God. I, it's like so long ago. Okay, so my first internship was in Soho. So at this place called D2 Publicity. I think now they're, they're it's a different company. It was like two women and they were one was eight in LA. They were best friends and moms in New York. I think they've rebranded since then. Um, but... My first summer here, because we got all got apartments that summer, I was like, I need to start interning, like, immediately. Um, I felt, like, this immense pressure that, like, I was worth nothing if I wasn't interning. FIT has that culture, which is, like, some sometimes it's great, and it's something I also kind of knock about it, because I'm just like, ugh. You're 18. You're, like, yeah. yeah. Also, like, work ethic now, we'll get into it later, but you can feel burnt out, I think, after, if you're always putting that immense pressure on yourself. Anywho, I applied on Indeed to a bunch of places and this girl called me and was like, hey, we're like looking for someone like I had no experience. And she's like, it's it's beauty and it's lifestyle. Like they did like at the time they had um, like Ricky's Beauty. They did like state management models. They had a couple of they did a bunch of different brands and um, that were smaller and they did like Ciate makeup. So like that it was like she learned how to gift, she learned how to do like pitches. Um, she gets super small and it was really small and I'm still like friendly with the girl. Because a lot of people will ask me like, how do I get an internship if I have no experience, I have no connections? And sometimes it is like a little bit of luck too. Yeah. But I mean, did you write a good cover letter? Like I don't think so. Just, I really knew nothing. I just I always say just apply, honestly, because like I, even now if I look at a resume, I'm not even like looking at their cover. I I also depends like on the person, but I know when I'm like looking at interns now, I'm like I like phone calls. So I'm like, I need this girl needs to be cool. She needs to like get me. She needs to get the work pace. She needs to I don't need to see like a scripted letter. I never was like that. I kind of was always like, here's what I've done. Here's what I would like to do. I always included that in my cover letter, what I was looking to get out of something. Because I think it's really important when they see that you're, like, wanting to, like, learn. And I think also it was a bit of luck. I just happened to apply. She saw my thing, and we spoke on the phone, and she was like, you seem super cute. Like, want to start Tuesday? Yeah. So, so what was your first internship at a fashion house or company? That wasn't until I was at all agencies until I went to Fallon Jewelry. It was, like, a mix of, like sales PR it was like everything because it's a really small company and then I went to mark so those are my first two where it was like actually in-house like or at least seeing the structure of a brand internally what initially interested you to go into PR I think well I took a class in high school at FIT I did the pre-college courses and I did a bunch of them and there was one it just their broad AMC which is their advertising program I went to Parsons first and I did a fashion design class because I always loved fashion Growing up, like, I remember my first purchase, I was, like, eight. I went to Bloomingdale's, and I had money for my birthday. And I was, like, I'm getting a Marc Jacobs, like, nylon purse. And, like, no one's stopping me. And, like, whatever. It was, like, so horrendous. But I was, like, I am like, going to work here. What, like, I'm going to be in fashion. Like, because it's, like, you know, like, whatever. I was so into, like, designing. So I went to Parsons, and the, I took a weekend class there. And it was a design class. And we did, like, sketching and whatever. And you're supposed to go through, like, the 12 weeks. And by the end, design a garment. I my, know you did that. Oh my god, my garment was held together by fabric. It looked like a toga. <laughs> and this fucking girl next to me had designed, like, literally a runway outfit. And I was just like, 
like my parents came my mom like took pictures and I just like wanted to die I was like and he so he actually like one day like Tim Gunn came into our class because he was friends with my, and he wanted to like come in and I remember just being like, <laughs> looking at something I was doing like oh my god like <laughs> why is she here how old were you? I was, like, 15. What was and the color scheme? What was yeah. Tim Gunn looking at? He was just, like, coming in to help, like, just, he was overseeing the college program that day, and he was friends with my teacher and wanted to see, he, it was, like, more special for us, but he, there were some girls that were super talented in that class, and he was, like, wow. It was, like, so bad. And um, I remember, like, pulling my professor aside because he was really cool, and I was, like, listen, we both know I'm not talented in this department, so, like, what can I do? And he was, like, listen, he's, like, fashion is not just designing, and, like, you have so much more to learn. Like, it, he's, like, there's a million, it's a business. He's, like, there's a thousand things that go into this. And he was, like, what do you like to do? And I was, like, I like to write. I like to, speak. you know, I was, like, I'm very, like, outgoing. And he was, like, you should look into going into PR advertising because he's, like, you have the personality for it. He's, like, you have, I can, he's like, it's very something I can see you doing from knowing you and talking with you and getting to know you. It's like, go to FIT, so look at their college courses and look at their advertising program and see what you find there. So I honestly owe it all to that little man's for sending me in that direction. And even now, I still love advertising, so. And for people who might not know, listening, what is public relations essentially? At its core, you're basically the forward-facing element to a brand. So you're conducting all, like, everything that's like going out. So you're doing press releases, you're controlling, you know, pitches for product, you're controlling editorial wise, like sending out placements for things to get shot in magazines. So you get that exposure. You're just kind of controlling and containing all the exposure of a brand. It varies if you're at an agency, you're focusing on different things. You're That's more like placements. That's what you're being paid for. But if you're in-house, you're also managing the internals for events. Like there's so much that goes into even launching a product, making sure the press release goes out, making sure there's a timeline. Um, so it's really just like all the managing all the forward facing aspects. So you're working at Alice and Olivia now. I am. Yes. One year. I is one, it right? is one year. It was one year in June. What does a day to day look like at Alice and Olivia? Well, pre pre pandemic, pre pandemic. Walk My, us through like the specifics. Yeah. Do you, get any, do you check your email in the morning? Do you read Women's Wear Daily first? What yeah. What does it look like? Uh, I used to be, so, it depends on my months. I'm so good at re- reading Women's Wear Daily and then other weeks I'll go t- days at a time. Like, I should really look at that today. And in an ideal perfect day, I would try to get to the office by like 9.30. <laughs> um, I run chronically late. Like I, even if I try, if I try to wake up, I, I can, I'll be up. Like I would do hot yoga at seven in the morning and still be like an hour late because I just can't, I don't know. I get sidetracked. Anyways, I'd get to the office and like sit down and I like to usually like make like another cup of coffee or then that's when I would like to read like open store daily. I usually always say from nine to 10 is like my me hour at work. I would have my interns come in at 10 and then kind of like make a to-do list and delegate for the day and read emails and prioritize like what needs to be done, what's coming up, what's pressing. We dress a lot internally, especially for events. And prior to the pandemic, we had a massive launch event, a fashion show, and then another launch event. So have been some of your favorite people to work with that you're dressing? A lot of them are influencers, but especially here. But um, we worked with Charlotte D'Alessio and she was really nice. She was like really sweet. Uma Abedin. She's like Hillary Clinton. She was Hillary Clinton's like, um, she works for her, but she's like lovely. Like she's a lovely woman. And so is, um, we work with Jenny Mullen a lot. Yeah. Like, Jenny Mullen is someone I'd go to the store and, like, fit, and she's, nice. like, the nicest. But celeb-wise, even, like, when Sophia Richie came to our show, like, that was handled in L.A. Like, I sent clothes to her stylist, and, mm-hmm. like, 
that was handled. And even like we had like Paris Jackson come to event and like that even she was, you know, he was coordinating her stylist mm-hmm. mo- more so often. We also have a lot of internal shoots that like help style with like a girl there and be like, okay, that's what we're pulling. So it's honestly, that's what I would basically be handling is like stylist placements and pulling things from store and getting yeah. it to people. Um, I always handled more of the celebrity, like VIP thing. So it was a lot of sending to LA. When you worked at Mark before this yeah. position, did like Mark solidify, like you wanted to stay in PR and like, did that kind of help you get your Alice and Olivia job? I think so. It happened really fast. Like I applied for Alice and then got an interview and the team was kind of being built at that time. So it was like a quick process. I think being at Mark was definitely helpful just because it gave me all like the backgrounds. I always said like my, one of like my worst days here is like a medium day at Mark just because we had so many send out. I, and you were mm-hmm. doing all the send outs and there would be like some days like 17 to 20 send outs and like those clothes are massive. Some of the gowns, I would be like, I can't even like lift this. Working in it's, fashion is a workout. No, like, it is. Some of these couture gowns are like 20 pounds. Oh, easily. Oh, yeah. like, and the, you have to like be very careful with yeah. them, pack them very carefully. So when you're in PR, a lot of it is packing the boxes, making sure it gets to LA safely. So when the stylist opens it, it looks good still. Like yeah. there's a lot of logistics that go into working in PR yeah. too. I think what Mark solidified for me the most was that I liked working in celebrity and I liked sending things to LA. Seeing the editorial is pretty, but rush of like waiting for a celebrity to confirm a look or not. And like kind of like getting that rejection most of the time, like made you crave putting it on someone even more, Mm -hmm. which I think is like fun. And like the dressing process and the styling process, if you become friendly with stylists, then it's like you have more say or you like are more comfortable reaching out to them. Definitely. I think that's what was more intriguing to me. What would you say are skills that you have that are really important in PR. Like, you're really good at time management. You're very outgoing. Yeah. What along those lines uh, is important? You definitely need to be comfortable talking and asserting yourself, especially, like, when you're, for example, with our show, like, you're working the door. You're making sure any celebrities, like, in safely. Like, you have to be comfortable being, like, no, this is how it's actually supposed to be done or, like, making sure that you're keeping on people, like, doing stuff. You can have a list of things to do, but if you're not prioritizing the right stuff, it's, like, what are you actually doing? You know what I mean? So I think that's the most important thing. Writing skills, maybe. I would say writing skills more so how to type up something that's super precise and legible in a quick time frame. And then the other thing would be, I think, obviously good people skills and knowing how to manipulate a situation. And I mean that in like the nicest way, but how to leave everyone with like a good feeling. You know what I mean? Like how to make sure if something's not going right, how do you assert yourself in a way that like you can make it right? Even if you don't think someone's upset with something, let's say at a show. If you even feel in your gut that like something's a little off, send them flowers. You know what I mean? Like make sure it's make it sure it's right. Be like, what can we do next time to be better? So I think it's just kind of trusting your gut and also learning how to work on your toes. Like just yeah, there's no re- regular day. Yeah, and Taylor has an amazing memory in PR. A lot of times you have to memorize the looks so that when someone says, "Can we borrow look 42?" for this event, you don't have to go back to Vogue.com yeah. or go back to your show notes and see what was look 42. Just quickly, you can go grab the purple sequin suit and run with it. With the shoes and the socks and the hat yeah. and the sunglasses and the earrings. Well, in contemporary, like, we don't even really go by looks. So it's like so piece by piece, which is so, so different. different. I yeah. was like, what do you mean? Like no one cares if there's shoes. Like, you're so what, what, <laughs> can you describe what you mean from contemporary and why it's different from runway yeah. look so runway is just like 
obviously like higher end, more expensive, more luxe, more detailed. And then contemporary is kind of that taken down and it's cheaper, it's more wearable, and it's a little bit more like way more direct to consumer. Anything kind of you see in a show will most likely be available to buy. Like it's definitely working different working in that space because it's just like you're not sending for the same editorial. You're sending like a shirt because they literally just need a shirt to shoot because they need a shirt that's under 500 bucks or something like that. You know what I mean? So it's definitely interesting space to work in. Also, you're not doing the same level of dressing because it's, you can do a suit for a press conference, but you're not dressing necessarily something for the Oscars. Even if we do have gowns, they're not the same level as like a custom Oscar dollar or something like that. Or like right. you have all the Parisian brands that are, and Italian brands that are going to you know, contemporary can't really compete in that space the same way. So it's definitely different. Like the send outs you were doing was a completely different levels. I remember you saying that. Yeah. yeah. From like one extreme to the next. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good. You learn things in both sectors. Oh yeah. Well. Contemporary I think is even like more fast paced in the sense that we just like things happen quicker because we have more seasons and a lot of this, these brands are doing more like, um, like projects and like special launches releases that are like a little more like dynamic so you're kind of always working on something there's never like a dull moment you're always working out on something which is like for me it's nice because I do like having that constant like something to look forward to right of where do you see yourself five years from now in five years I just really want to be happy and like doing something that I'm passionate about so I really don't know what that is yet but I really hope in five years I've cultivated something that I'm and I'm and I'm my day-to-day job is something that I'm I genuinely wake up and like I'm excited to go do. I don't know if it'll be in this space or not or a combination of like multiple spaces. Our industry is changing so much and I think this pandemic will shift it even more quicker than it already was on the track to shift. So I'm excited to kind of see what new ideas and businesses come out of this. Okay, we always like to end with a raw and real moment. Mm -hmm. So a high and a low of your career, personal life, time in New York, anything of that nature, because we really on this podcast want to share that as much as Instagram is our highlight, highlight reel, you know, there's times in working in fashion that aren't as glamorous as it seems. So if you can come up with two moments that you'd like to share. Okay. My lowest moment was like literally last spring. It was not even a moment. It was like a comp, it was like three months. I went through a really bad breakup and then was at Mark, but I knew it was like finite. Like I had to start looking for a job. And even though Mark, I liked what I was doing, I still was so like, what did I go to school for? What did I waste four years learning? Do I even, am I even passionate about this anymore? I don't know what I want to do for a job. I'm not excited. I felt so worthless. Just like, I felt really mentally just like not there. I would call my parents crying every day being like, I don't know what I'm doing. But, like, not being in New York was, like, devastating to me. Like, and my parents were like, you are 22. Like, you, this is completely normal. Everything's going to work out the way that it should. And I had a really good support system, which was great. But internally, I think I was struggling with so much, like, confusion. And that's normal. Yeah. To feel confused. Like, especially yeah. at that age. time in your life when you're 22, about to graduate, you feel like it should be figured out because... Again, everyone makes it seem like they know what they're doing and no one knows what they're doing. No one knows what they're doing. Also, I think it's really important that even if people look like they know what they're doing, to realize realize that they sometimes don't. And like, I get that a lot. It's like, oh my God, everything's going so well. You're so put together. together. And it's like, I am a disaster and I don't feel sure in anything that I do. And I think it's really important that people realize that. Even like the people you look up to are like dealing with their own shit. Everyone has it on a molecular level. And then my high point, I guess, would be... I guess maybe honestly, right after that, it was when I got the Alice job, I felt like 
a late, like, I remember that night, I got an email at, like, 10 p.m. from the HR lady <laughs> being, like, call me Monday, I have really great news, and I literally was, like, I have a job, I was, like, what else would the good news be, and I felt like I knew I would be moving and finding an apartment that I really loved within, like, the next month, I just finally felt safe, like, safe and secure, and I, so that was, like, literally within three months, and I remember I being so excited to, like, start working. I cried after I got my job offer. I just was really proud. You know what I mean? Like, and you're surrounded by all of your friends. You graduate college. You're still in the city you love. You get to stay here. Exactly. As much as you don't want to think that a job would validate your feelings, it really does like that moment. And then being with these people and living in the city. Yeah. It's like, you finally got your your group back. A reminder, you're okay. Well, thank you for coming on. We really enjoyed talking with you. Taylor's the best. Where can our listeners follow you? Okay. So my Instagram is tail arnold underscore and linkedin we will link both of those in the show description we love you thanks for listening to this episode to keep up with what's happening on our podcast follow raw and real nyc on instagram we post inspo and love showing you what's going on in our lives till next time keep it real